Hi, I'm Susan Blakely, and I'm about to be on On Screen and Beyond talking about the California Independent Film Festival coming up November 8th and 9th in Orinda and Morago, California. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome back and thank you for joining us for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 287 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we have a Golden Globe winning actress. She's been nominated for Emmys. Susan Blakely is going to be joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. She was in such things as Rich Man, Poor Man back in the 70s. Also, she was in The Towering Inferno. And it just goes on and on, the things she was in Concord and uh, Airport 79 and, and so many other things. And she still continues. She's been on Two and a Half Men and just just so many things. We're going to be talking with her about all those things and so much more. I hope you're going to stick around for that because it's going to be a, a fun time. And let's see here. November 7th to November 10th, if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area, don't forget it's time for the California Independent Film Festival once again. On no, uh, Like I said, November 7th to the 8th. It's in Moraga, California at the New Ream Theater and also at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. Now, these are two beautiful theaters, uh, old theaters that have just been redone, and they look so great, amazing theaters. Be sure to go there and check it out. It's a fun time. Unfortunately, I am not going to be able to be there this year, but uh, I, I've been going for years, but I can't make it this year, and uh, I hope uh, that you're going to be going because it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and Susan Blakely is going to be there. So uh, also Lee Merriweather, who's been a guest here at On Screen and Beyond, are going to be there. So be sure to go, and you can meet them. Them and uh, talk with them and have a good time. So, what do you say? It's time to get into Remake Madness next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, well, it looks like the 1983 cult horror film Sleepaway Camp is headed for a remake. The original was a low-budget slasher film, and this one is probably going to be a big-budget slasher film. And a new animated remake of TV's beloved The Addams Family is in the works over at MGM. And we've talked about this one before. 1986's Highlander is uh, on the remake path, as we told you. And now it has a new director attached to it. That is it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. What's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies. Bill Murray will play the villain in the supernatural comedy Boo... Bureau of Unworldly Operations. And Chandler Riggs of The Walking Dead fame will play a boy who is terrorized in a film called Home Invasion. And Riggs will also be playing the brother to Super H. Joel Courtney in an adaptation of a Stephen King short story called Grandma. And it'll be called Mercy this time, though, as the two brothers find that their grandma is an evil witch. That's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. We're going to take you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming away as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> 
Capital City, well, it looks like a sequel to Olympus Has Fallen is in the planning stages. This time, a plot to hit London during the funeral of a British prime minister is the basis of the film. And only the president of the U.S. and the Secret Service head and one M-16 agent can save the day. And it looks like, uh, you know, because they're not sure whether Will Smith is going to be returning or not, two versions of the script for Independence Day 2 are being written, just in case. And the sequel to Mortal Instruments is back in the move, and it will be called Mortal Instruments City of Ashes. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV shows coming your way on DVD. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. TV shows coming your way on DVD. It looks like Archer Season 4 arrives on January 7th. And NYPD Blue Season 5 hits stores on January 27th. And Diagnosis Murder Season 8 comes your way on March 11th. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. Movies on DVD. Well, it looks like Argo, an extended edition on Blu-ray, will arrive on December 3rd. And The Wolverine makes his way to stores on December 3rd also. An Asylum with Matt Damon can be yours on December 17th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's time for TV time. TV time. Well, it looks like a spin-off of How I Met Your Mother is in the works, but it, it, it's kind of weird. It will not revolve around any of the current characters. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know what to tell you. Anyway, CBS's The Crazy Ones with Robin Williams will continue uh, as it has been ordered for nine more episodes for this season. It's not extended for another season, just a complete season for this year. And uh, the same goes for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Michael J. Fox show, the Millers, Mom, Dads, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And that's it for TV Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to be joined by the Golden Globe winning actress, Susan Blakely. She's going to be here. She, of course, won her Golden Globe for Rich Man, Poor Man. Great job she did in there. And uh, she was also in Towering Inferno. She's worked with some great actors along the way. We're going to talk about all that. It's coming up next. And she's going to be at the California Independent Film Festival on November 7th to November 10th. So be sure to check it out. She's going to be there and have a lot of fun. And Lee Merriweather is going to be there also. That's it. It's time for our interview with Susan Blakely next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. (laughs) 
Joining me today on On Screen and Beyond is a Golden Globe-winning, Emmy-nominated actress who shined in Rich Man, Poor Man, The Towering Inferno, Concord, Airport 79, and many, many other roles. She will be at the California Independent Film Festival, which runs from November 7th to the 10th in Moraga and Orinda, California. It's Susan Blakely. Susan, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Oh, thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to have you here. And you are in a new short, right, that's going to be playing at the California Independent Film Festival? I am, and it'll be my second time up there. I was there in 2002. I remember. So I'm very excited to go back again. And this one is for a short called Remember to Breathe that stars Lee Merriweather and a new wonderful actress-singer named Leanne Larkin and myself. And um, it's with some people, the director and this group of people, Mark Saltarelli is the director and Tom O'Leary the writer, I've worked with them. This will be the third short I've done with them. Really? And the, yes, because the first one I did, um, I guess about, I guess it was 2009, I did one with Polly Perrette, who uh, plays Abby on NCIS. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if you watch that show, but yeah. she's wonderful. She's the goth girl on it and the forensic expert. And, and um, she's an old friend of mine. We'd worked together. And so we played uh, mother and daughter in this beautiful little story where we have this phone call and um, it's like a daily phone call that I'm always trying to reach her because she's very ill, actually dying of AIDS. And uh, and it was just a beautiful story that they're trying to make into a feature length. And anyway, I fell in love with these guys and I said, and we've all agreed, every single film of theirs I'm going to be in. <laughs> so this is the third one and this is um, a lovely little story about a woman who's um, who's had a career, this is Lee's character, who had a career as a, as a famous cabaret singer back in the day when when you could be famous for being a cabaret singer. Mm-hmm, yeah. And she's sort of one of these lost souls, lonely lost souls living up in the hills in Hollywood who is sort of living in the past. And she um, she's somewhat delusional. She's starting to lose it a little bit. But she also had been an alcoholic. And, and I really play a ghost, an apparition of hers that she sees. I had been her lover and um, so she sees me throughout the film. It was just a lovely experience. Hmm. Now how did you get I mean, I know you said you've worked with them before uh, but how do you get involved with with shorts um, and, and what is the purpose? You know, as an average movie watcher um, a short, is the purpose like you were saying earlier uh, that the filmmaker wants to sort of expand it and they're showing doing a short so it'll get attention and then they can get it expanded or um i think it's you know it it depends i think sometimes that that's the purpose certainly the purpose is to build up the career of the filmmakers the writers the directors Ah, the people who are doing it they want to move on and and it's such a perfect way to have a showcase for people to see their talents. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Saltarelli, he has, his day job is being an editor, and he's a wonderful editor, but he's also this wonderful director. And it, it is dif- difficult. You can't just get a job as a director. Right. You need to have something to show and have people get excited about. But it, it is, it's, it's too bad that more people don't like watching shorts, because I think for a while there was some channel, and you may know, Brian, what it was, that showed the shorts. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I and think it was, I don't it was think IFC they are anymore. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's too bad, because there are a lot of good films. And, and, and you, that's the good thing about going to a film festival, because you see a lot of shorts, and they're really good. I agree. I'm always, I'm just always blown away by the talent that's out there. And you know, and for a lot of actors, I mean, honestly, uh, I'm kind of torn because it's a wonderful chance for for young actors or actors who are trying to get a break 
to um, to get some exposure too. But at the same time, it helps the filmmakers if they have somebody with a name. I mean, trust me, it's a labor of love. You don't. No one's doing this for the money, including right. the actors. Um, but you know what? I don't want to take any jobs away from anyone else right. either. You know what I'm saying? But um, it definitely helps them to get an audience to come see it if people know who who's in the film. Oh so, yeah. So, I mean, to have you. That's why it was nice that we have Lee Merriweather and. And you, I mean, you know. the caliber—that's that's a you know that's a good a good cast right there. Well, thank you. I mean, Lee's, Lee is Lee Merriweather is the lead of this, and you know she was the original Catwoman. And right. Yeah. She, in fact, she was on our show uh, last year. Oh, she was. Yes. Oh, so you know what a doll oh, she yeah. is. Oh yeah. She's so nice. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I just think that it's it's just it's really more about the exposure, and and yet sometimes it, it is indeed. That they do a short with the idea of making it into a feature. Yeah, yeah. Now, but how do they get people of your caliber, you know, you and Lee, to 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 go into a film like this? I mean, you know, it just seems. Well, you know, if the material's good, and it, yes, it does, it does help if you know somebody. Um, right, I mean, in you've this worked case, with them. Polly, so. Polly knew them. You know, they're all all these people were involved together by doing. Um, they, they're all involved with this thing called Project Angel Food, which is here in L.A., and it's a, it's like Meals on Wheels, where they deliver oh, great okay. food to people who are, are homebound. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started with people with AIDS, and it and it is expanded into with to people that also have cancer and any serious illness that mm-hmm. that they can't get out of the house. So these people all knew each other, and um and because they all they're all involved, and I I become involved with them too. So that's that's how that that started, and I guess Lee. I'm not sure how they knew Lee, but sometimes it helps if you have one other actor who's got some a little bit of fame, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. Then others say, "Well, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll go and I want to work with that person." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, how did, did you decide to become an actress? What prompted you to, you know, take the jump? <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people think that, that I went from being a model to an actress, but I actually went to New York for acting and had never even bought a magazine as, you know, for my modeling career. I sort of fell into the modeling and it was a great way to, because I didn't go to New York with enough money. <laughs> I wouldn't have lasted very long. Uh, but thank God for commercials and at the time that they, they really liked an all-American girl look and that's the look I had. So, um, I started working right away. But I don't know, you know, it's funny, I wanted to be an actress. I always say I didn't I didn't um, grow up with movies or TV, and I'm an army kid and lived all over, and we didn't have TV, and then by the time we got a TV, I was just not, I was so, I so loved to read. Mm-hmm. And reading was really my passion and why I wanted to be an actor. And I think anyone who reads knows that you get so involved in the head of the character, you, you're so involved with who they are, that you are them. <laughs> And I think that once I saw, I remember when I was a kid seeing um, Three Faces of Eve with uh, uh, with jo- uh, Joanne Woodward, who I adore, and she was so brilliant. And I think I, you know, I was just a kid. I don't know how I managed to get away to see that, um, but somehow my parents didn't know I was going, I guess, or what the movie was about. And but that's when I really saw that. that you know, obviously, that was an actress playing those different roles. And uh, and then when we would go home to visit my my grandparents, uh, my mother, my grandmother used to watch. I Love Lucy, and then Carol Burnett. Mm. So those two comedians, uh, and especially I would have to say Carol Burnett because that's, I just saw more of her, and I was so impressed. I was old enough to really just, I just wanted to be a comedian. So, you know, we all have those things that lead us into the dream. Mm-hmm. Here you are, 
you've gone from modeling to acting. Do you remember what your first acting role was that you actually got a paycheck for? Well, you know, honestly, I, I got into SAG. The, it was like the second day that I was in New York because I happened to – it's a complicated story how I ended up going to Eileen Ford – which I could tell you if you're interested in them, but it's a complicated way that I got there. Kind of an interesting story, but uh, but a little long. And um, anyway, I they sent time. me up. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you that in a second. But, but they sent me up on a um, on a, a commercial for Clairol, uh-huh. and I got it. And it was it was that wasn't even signed with them yet. So basically, that was my I guess my first acting job because I had that I've been in SAG since then, and that was 1967. <laughs> so, but I what had happened was my um, my parents were stationed in El Paso, and there was a German Air Force nearby, uh, by the Army base there at Fort Bliss, and there was a soldier, uh, an Air Force uh, soldier, who had taken. He wanted to be a photographer, and he is a photographer today. Never of models. He ended up being of uh, doing books about landscape. But uh, anyway, he sent my picture into this. Uh, to, it was actually Bild, which is the German. Uh, newspaper, but it was called Bild am Sonntag, their Sunday section, I guess. I think that's what it was called. And the woman there, anyway, I, it was like a soldier's girlfriend's kind of contest, and I really wasn't his girlfriend, but my parents were in Mexico, and I had a passport, and I went. <laughs> and uh, and I and she she had been a model with Eileen Ford, and she said, oh my God, you should be, and I didn't even know who Eileen Ford was, but yeah. she said, you should be modeling with Eileen Ford. And she took me around, nothing to do with that particular story, but she just took me to, this was in Berlin, and we went to Hamburg and Munich and different places and worked with these different photographers, and they did a spread of me as a model. And uh, everyone was saying, oh, you should stay here and model. But I was a little underage, and my father got back and threatened to send the MPs after me. <laughs> Which I was always terrified of the MPs, ask any army kid. <laughs> so I came back, and then I, but I, that summer I did go to New York, and um, um, anyway, that's, and, and I actually went for some contest out of El Paso, which was sort of this rinky dink modeling agency, and they were kind of a ripoff, like I think they have around the country, a lot of those places. Yeah. And, um, and they sent me up to this little, little like, it was just sort of a uh, a funky little agency that I never heard of anyone ever. The, my whole modeling career actually working with this agency. But the guy it was like, you know, it's a one man operation. And he said, look, I would take you, but you're going to end up going with a woman named Eileen Ford with an agency called I, I, Ford's. And I said, oh, I think that's the name I have written down <laughs> from this woman in Berlin. So that's how I went over to Eileen Ford's and happened to get that commercial the next day. Uh-huh. I mean, it should all be that easy, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of spoiled me. I thought, oh, this is an easy yeah, industry. It's, it's going to be a breeze. <laughs> really? And, you know, it, by the way, doing commercials was sort of like that because in those days there weren't many models who were taking acting classes and who could do uh, the, the talking on, on screen. And so I did hundreds in, of commercials and was actually on the cover of TV Guide for doing the most commercials anyone did. So it was so easy. <laughs> I mean, I really was. I was spoiled right off the bat, you know, out yeah. of the gate. Huh. Now, you were you were in movies like uh, The Way We Were, Shampoo, The Towering Inferno. Uh, th- th- let's do The Towering Inferno. How, how did you get the part on Towering Inferno? Oh, my gosh. I really lucked out to that. I didn't audition or anything. I had done a... Really? Um, wow. No, I, uh, the, you know, that was in the days of the sort of, still some of the moguls. I mean, it was the end mm-hmm. of them, but, yep. but, um, um, Frankovich, Mike Frankovich was the producer of a, of a movie that I'd been cast out of New York 
called A Report to the Commissioner. And I had a wonderful role as this undercover cop, and uh, that role had been hard to get. A lot of auditions and back and forth, and I and I did get it finally. And then Irwin Allen, who is Irwin Allen, who is so famous for all of those disaster movies, mm-hmm. Poseidon Adventure and all of them, um, I guess... You know, I guess he knew Mike Frankovich or something, but he, Frankovich sent him some of the dailies as I was shooting towards the end of, of, of Report to the Commissioner. And I think somebody had dropped out. I mean, I'm sure of it. I just don't know who, but I'm pretty sure somebody must have dropped out or, or was cast and had a conflict or something for Towering Inferno. Because, uh, I know because I saw later that it was a whole group picture of everyone from the cast but me. I kind of came in late, you know. And, um, so I, I got cast really that easily. I mean, it was just it was just sort of a fluke. And to be honest, because that isn't my kind of movie that I go to see, I mean, I don't even see many action movies, I probably would have passed on it. But when they told me, when my agent told me who was in it, mm. I remember I was on the other set, and I said, oh, well, of course I'll do it. Paul Newman and Steve McQueen, and, you know, of course I'll do it. And I remember I got home and read it and went, oh, this isn't my kind of movie. <laughs> So I just lucked out with all my stupidity to get to do that movie. Yeah, but but does that sometimes sway you one way or the other, uh, depending on who's in it? Like you said, you know, all of a sudden Paul Newman and, and you know Steve of McQueen. Course. I mean. <laughs> of course, and you know, I was so young and naive that I really didn't think that people might be doing something for money or career. And honestly, I wish I'd had, because I studied so much in New York, but I really didn't have any lessons in, um, in that part of, of, of the business, of show business, of trying to, of t- trying to move your career along so that actually you could do other good things, you know? And I, and I could, you couldn't tell me anything either. I was so stubborn. And I think that a lot of people who, who, who had a little tougher time coming up the ranks as an actor, um, got to learn a little bit more about the business and knew how valuable it was to do something that made them popular. I mean, even during Towering Inferno, a funny story, I remember uh, that when, when Steve McQueen saw me, he had met me, I guess, when I first went over there, and then he saw me later, and he probably knew what I looked like because I'd known Allie McGraw, and I think they were together at that time. I'd known her in New York and modeled with her. So when he saw me, after I had my hair done in this, uh, you know, I kind of darkened my hair, and I, I fought Irwin Allen to make make my hair up. He won my hair down. I had that long, thick, thick hair, you know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want my character to look um, uh, sexy in any way. And 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 Steve McQueen looked, took one look at me and said, don't let them make you look like that. You don't have to look like that. And I said, no, I think it's right for my character. You know, I said, because I play this sort of, uh, I felt a sheltered, wealthy woman who was married to the villain in the piece, Richard Chamberlain, who's messing around on her, and she's unhappy in this marriage and all of that. And I didn't think she should look hot, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's actually one scene with my hair down that they had at the house, because the whole thing takes place, you know, up in the towers in the burning uh, building. Mm-hmm. So... um Anyway, when, when in the one scene that I had my hair down, I looked back and I said, oh, Erwin Allen was, and Steve McQueen were right. <laughs> I should have done the whole movie looking like that. <laughs> you know, I just wasn't thinking of it. Who cared, you know, yeah. about the character being so perfect? Yeah. And I don't think that's why they hired me. <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> now, I have to talk about Rich Man, Poor Man. I mean, it's such an epic miniseries that was on TV. Uh, how did you come about getting on that one? Is that something that it was the same idea that they called you, or did you have to uh, audition for that one? You know, gosh, Brian, I wish you could ask me some of the tougher questions that were hard to get. That one, again, I guess when you're young and you don't, you know, I, as I say, when you don't really want want something, that's when they want you. <laughs> I had done no TV, and had seen no TV. Literally, had seen nothing. I had not, as I said, I just hadn't grown up with TV. Yeah. So, but that script came my way, and it was sent to me, and I really liked it, and I didn't have to audition the two uh, Peter Strauss and Dick Nolte had to audition, and they they pretty much just offered it to me, wow. and I it was so good that the the first four hours, which is all I had read when I took it, and I still think those are the best hours of of the miniseries, but I was just I just lucked out, you know, wow. and I I certainly didn't care that it was TV when I saw it was that good. I immediately thought, oh, TV's where I want to be, and you know, it's too bad that. They're just now, again, in these last few years, starting to do more serialized stories. But mm-hmm. I think, for me personally, those are the kind of stories I love. And I, lo- I don't even watch too many series that don't have a serialized uh, story going on. Yeah. yeah. So with that TV show, or miniseries, I should say, because, uh, you know, really, I mean, it's, it's a TV show, but it, it was such a movie. I mean, really, it was just an extended movie. Uh, yes. You're getting, and from a really great book. Oh yeah, now, Erwin Shaw's book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know you're getting Emmy nominations. You're getting Golden Globe winning. You're winning Golden Globes and everything. That how was that? To, you know, all of a sudden that starts happening to you on a film that you weren't even sure you wanted to do. <laughs> well, you know, I I didn't really. Again, when I when I tell you I wasn't into the career moves. Believe it or not, these and these stories embarrass me. I don't say these with pride, but I'd sort of been a hippie. If you could be a hippie and make a lot of money as a model at the same time, but I like I didn't. First, I I had to be really talked into that to even going. I didn't go to the Golden Globes when I won mm-hmm. the first time because I had a trip to Tahiti that was sound like a lot of fun and wow. and and I I just didn't understand the importance of it. Yeah. You know, I just didn't really get it. And of course, it's been wonderful that I won that Golden Globe in terms of my career. Um, and the Emmy nominations and and the other Golden Globe nominations, I was so lucky. But I just didn't really realize it. I don't think I had to to fight enough for it and to know enough about the business for it to uh, really have the um, the importance that it really did carry. Yeah. Now, of all the people that you've worked with, and, and you've worked with, I mean, E.G. Marshall and Paul oh, Newman. Oh, so many Steve, great ones. Yeah, Haven't yeah, I been lucky with that? Anthony, Walter Matthau and, yeah, Anthony, and Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. And, oh, my gosh, yes. We both said him together. I mean, yeah. you know, we start with Paul Newman and Steve McQueen and Fred Astaire and Bill Holden yeah. and all those great people. Is there any, yes. anybody that was, you know, I mean, I know you liked working with them all, and I don't want to say that one was better than the other to work with, but it was, was there anybody that you were so excited to work with because it was that person? 
I was excited with all of those amazing actors. Richard Crenna, oh my God, what, an, yeah. what a wonderful human being he was, and I got to work with him three times. Wow. But Walter Matthau, to work with him twice. Um, and Anthony Hopkins, I mean, really. Tommy Lee Jones, I played opposite. I have Jeez. been so lucky. Robert Wagner, you know, mm-hmm. um, Peter Strauss, of course, and Nick Nolte. Yeah. Uh, just, I've just been so very lucky to work with these great actors. And every time you do, I mean... I'm sure every actor would feel this way. I would be nervous and excited, beyond nervous and beyond excited. You know, it was always difficult for me the first day to to relax and just accept them as another human being, you know. (laughs) I know, yeah. (laughs) Is there anybody that you haven't worked with that you would just love to work with? Oh, my God, there's so many. Um, Gee, you know, there's there's so many wonderful – I can't think of any right now because there's just so many, but – uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Let's talk about some of the young actors mm-hmm, that are just yeah. amazing, and uh, so many women. And I would, I would love to work with, you know, Julie Louise Dreyfus, and uh, um, so many of the comedians today. I would love to work with. Yeah. So no, there's just, you know, I think there's so much talent out there that it's unbelievable, and getting more and more so all the time. And it's like everyone's up their game, and you have to be so real. And actors just keep getting better and better, and they amaze me. So. I'm I'm really a fan. I love I love watching TV and movies more than anything else. Yeah. Well, that's uh, as we finish up here. I know we're we're getting up to the time here, but um, that's actually what we're going to finish up with. Uh, my final two questions for you uh, takes us away from your acting and everything that you've done. Uh, when you kick back and relax, as far as TV, what do you watch now, and what's your favorite shows of all time, and also what's your favorite movies now and of all time? Well, you know, let's talk about TV first because I love TV. I just think that there are so many good shows on TV right now that uh, that we're so lucky at the same time. I'm, it's amazing I get any sleep that I end up staying up too late because of TiVo. Thank God for TiVo. Yes. And that was one of the things. I didn't start really watching TV until I had, you know, until the late 90s we got the first TiVo, and then it changed my life. You were deprived. And just That's recently, why. <laughs> I know. And, and just recently, like, I started TiVoing all the Frasers, and I didn't realize there were, like, thousands of them. <laughs> I couldn't yes. watch them fast enough. But, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine just before we were on the phone who hasn't seen, who never saw Breaking Bad. And I was like, oh, my God, that show <laughs> is so amazing. And I was telling her why, because it was all believable. Even I love Homeland, of course, who wouldn't. But still, there's some things that, I, that they had to stretch the truth. They have to stretch the truth to yeah. make it work, you know, for me. But Homeland, you bought that this little meek, mild-mannered chemistry teacher went from that to this drug mogul, you know. I mean, so that's one of the best shows ever, and I just think um, there are so many shows that I love right now. That I I love Boardwalk Empire. I think that's so good. And I loved loved Six Feet Under. I loved that show. I kind of mourned that show when it went off. Um, I love Parenthood right now. I think it's such a... The actors are so good, and the writing is so good on that show. And... um, and, you know, for comedy, I, I love Two and a Half Men, but I have to admit I loved it better with – and I was lucky enough to do a couple right, of Right, yes. But that's not why I loved it better. I just think the dynamic worked better for the show. Yeah. But I just saw the new show they're doing called Mom, and I'm crazy about that. I just think that that group, are, that those writers, Chuck Lorre and uh, uh, I think it's Lee Aronson, they're so funny. Now, who's in and, Mom? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, oh, Mom is a new show with Allison Janey, and I don't know the young girl's name, but she's terrific. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, I, just, yes, it's only I know been which on for a while. Yes. Yep. I know which one you're talking about. 
The blonde girl. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. The blonde girl, yeah. right? Of course, that's that's every TV show there is. With but... the blonde bangs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I should know her name, but I don't. But I will. <laughs> I just started watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love Modern Family. I think that show, the writing and the actors on that are hysterical. Mm. But, you know, it's tough. We don't have enough great comedies. We have so many great dramas now, you can't even watch yes. them all. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I'm trying to think of the new. There was one, I can't think of the name of it that was just on this this year. It was, oh gosh, it was about a guy getting out of jail who you don't know if he was lo- wrongly accused, but he gets out. I don't know if it was, it wasn't Retribution. I'm trying to think of the name of that show. Um, hmm, anyway, if you didn't see it, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think what that was, but uh, I can't. Doesn't ring a bell. I, I, my yeah. mind was going back to uh, the, the the future, back in the <laughs> in the sixties. But oh, tell me what? What? what do you, oh, you mean back with, with my career? You mean? Well, my I remember the fugitive. You know, the one armed guy. Oh, the fugitive. <laughs> oh yeah. yes. Oh God, wasn't that a good show? You know, I only saw it later, and I knew him a little bit, but I didn't know uh, I didn't know how good that show was, and it was really good for the time, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, what about movies? What are your favorite movies? Oh, oh my gosh! You know some of the movies that I have loved, like A Beautiful Life, was a was a small film that I just loved about the mm-hmm. gardener, yeah. the the Mexican gardener in in L.A. I thought that was such an amazing. I like a lot of these small movies. Uh, in fact, one of the movies I loved, the woman in it uh, is in that movie that I can't think of. But do you know the actress named J. Smith Cameron? Uh, rings, do you know her name? It rings do you know who a she bell. Is? She's sort of a theater actress. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, she was in a movie called Margaret that I also loved that had Anna Paquin in it. Okay, yeah. I thought that was a terrific movie. And I've seen this season so far. I saw a movie I just loved called Enough Said. It was James Gandolfini's last movie. Oh, yes, yes. And um, and Julie Louise Dreyfus is why I was thinking right? of her. Yes. By the way, Redemption, that was the name of it. That's ah. the name of the, the series that I, that I hope stays on again that I think is terrific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of... of uh, Movies, uh, everybody, if you're in the California area around Orinda or uh, Moraga, which is all around the, the Bay Area around there in California, uh, the California Independent Film Fest will be going on. And on November 8th at the Orinda Theater, uh, your film will be shown, Remember the Breath. Mm-hmm. Remember to breathe. The breathe, I'm sorry. And, to breathe, yes. <laughs> which is good advice in life. Yes. <laughs> and November 9th, it will be playing at the New Ream Theater and in Moraga. Now, are you going to be at both showings? I am. That's so great. please come by and say hi, whoever's there. Yes. That would be lovely. I love to meet people that, especially film aficionados who get out and go to see these shorts and independent films. Good for them. Yeah. Well, Susan, I... I, I Saw you in 2002 over there at the California Independent Film Festival, but I won't be there this year, and I'm I'm really sad about that because I'd like to see you again. But uh, oh, I, I'm so sorry too. <laughs> but I thank you but so much. But your brother, but your brother is the is the is the main guy. Yeah, he'll be there. Derek. He better be there. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he had me back after I broke my word. <laughs> I'm famous for it. You know, I dropped it before I got into the car. Right, we remember that <laughs> it's one. It's glass. Yes. Well, Susan, I've I... just been telling my husband to be careful how he held it, then I held it and dropped it. Susan, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us here, and, and I wish you luck with the film. And uh, everybody should go to the uh, California Independent Film Festival and, and meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. <laughs> 
Susan Blakely, I want to thank her so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. Uh, I had the chance to meet her back in 2002, quite a, quite a while ago. But uh, she's a very nice person, and of course, uh, she's uh, going to be at the California Independent Film Festival November 7th to November 10th. And uh, her new film's going to be shown. Lee Merriweather's going to be there. Lee is also in that same picture. So uh, you might want to check that out. It should be good. And uh, we thank uh, Susan so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, I got some big news. Uh, Tim Conway has confirmed that he is going to be a guest here at On Screen and Beyond. So I hope you are going to stick around in the next couple of weeks here. And uh, Tim Conway is going to be here. And if you have a question for Tim, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'd love to hear from you, and maybe I'll use your question on the show. And if you have uh, any other questions for me or any suggestions for guests, go ahead and send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I'll see what I can do about getting that person. And uh, let's see, what else? If you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you are on iTunes, leave us a review. And be sure to subscribe to On Screen and Beyond. Tell your friends we are still going. We're so close to 100,000 people in a day listening to On Screen and Beyond that, you know, I, I can I can taste it. <laughs> and we're getting close. We're almost uh, going to be going to our 300th episode. And uh, before we hit the 300th episode, I want to get 100,000 people listening to On Screen and Beyond in a day. So uh, tell your friends, download all the episodes, uh, have them listen to these great guests that we've been having. And uh, we thank you for listening each week and hope you're telling other people. And uh, spread the word. All right? So that is about it. Uh, next week, we got a fascinating guest coming your way. we got some great people I got lined up here. And uh, I'm just so excited about getting them out to you here. So that's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. And until next time, when I once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.